What's going on and welcome back to What Women Want. I'm here with Brittany, who's a great friend of mine, more like a sister at this point, and who also is a health and wellness coach. Um, so yeah, welcome to the show, Brittany. Hey, it's good to be here. Oh, I'm glad glad to have you. I appreciate you for taking some time out tonight, you know, to you know have this conversation with me. How's yeah, uh, no yeah for sure. How's uh, how's quarantine uh, been? How you been holding up? Um, for me, truthfully, it's not that bad just because like I, I work from home primarily. Mm -hmm. So it's not that big of a shift. You know, if anything, my weekends, my evenings are freed up. Um, gotcha. But that's it. What about you? Yeah, same. So yeah, I've been working from home. Um, yeah, and just just kind of trying to find, you know, ways to fill my empty time, you know, whether it's reading or, you know, playing a game or, you know, watching Netflix or, you know, just trying to trying to you know, find different ways to do things. So I'm not sitting here bored, twiddling my thumbs. But other than that, you know, I'm just ready to get back out into the world, you know, um, you know, get back to the normal routine of things. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Oh, for sure. Um, so yeah, we're going to skip the question. So generally, you know, as you know, you've listened in. I usually have questions we, you know, jump into. But um, today we're going to do, we're going to skip that. Um, and I'm actually excited to have you on because last week, you know, I, I had uh, my guest on um, an episode actually just dropped yesterday, but he came on and he spoke about, you know, him navigating through his breakup. Um, so he recently went through a breakup um, and he was just kind of explaining, you know, what was kind of the demise of the relationship. Um, and then, you know, as the conversation ended, we were talking more so about, you know, getting over a relationship, hailing from it. Um, and I kind of just want to pick up from there because, you know, through your experience and then through your, you know, your wellness coaching, um, I feel like you have a very, very good uh, outlook on that, on how, you know, you can heal from things, get better and get back into the dating world in a, um, you know, in a good way, in a safe way, in a productive way. Um, so, yeah, so I really want to have that conversation. I'm excited. You ready? <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah I'm ready. <laughs> All right, bet, bet. So, the first thing I want to jump into is the healing process, right? So, you know, you go through a breakup, you know, say you're in a, a relationship for, you know, a few years. Um, and then, you know, you break up and you're hurt. You know, you get that moment to just be hurt and, you know, be down. And whether you're overeating or undereating, you're just kind of depressed, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I guess the first question, what would you say like the appropriate way to cope with heartbreak is? Mm, that's a good one. Uh, so a little background before jumping mm -hmm. into that, you know, just about myself for people who don't know about yeah. like, my coaching. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm a certified health and wellness coach. And a lot of people don't really know what that means. Mm -hmm. um, I have to break it down, like basically like a life coach, except there's a key difference. I feel like life coaches tell you what to do. Like they'll tell you, all right, this is what you need to do. Boom, boom, boom. They're more so like consulting and advising. Whereas mm -hmm. me as a coach, that's not what I do. My job is to help you find your answers. So um, a big thing for my profession is that we don't prescribe. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just wanted to add that in uh, before you. anything I share. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in terms of your question and uh, the appropriate way to cope, I would say anything that's healthy for you, right? Mm -hmm. So some people... Um, they pick up healthy new habits. They start to go to the gym. They spend more time with their friends. Uh, some people lay on the couch and binge, mm -hmm. binge watch TV, binge eat, you know, and um, clearly binge eating is not a healthy choice. But um, it truthfully, it's, it's dependent on who you are and what you feel comfortable with. 
Uh-huh. Gotcha. Um, so, and for me, right. And I feel like you've, you've seen progressions of me through breakups. And I think for me, that was the thing that I kind of, you know, um, you know, lended towards like exercise. It's like me fresh out of a breakup or anything that I like kind of go through, you know, I always just want to jump into the gym. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I always look at it from the standpoint of like, I, I'm in this breakup and I'm, I'm going through this low point, but I don't want to allow this low point to drag me lower. Um, do you feel, I guess, I guess like, so what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to like get out here is like the beginning process of healing. So would you say you binge watching or binge eating, would you say that is a part of healing or is that the step that's before the healing? Hmm. I think it's a part of it, right? So mm-hmm. let's go back. Like me and you've been through many breakups together mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. as each other's support system. And, um, you know, at one point before getting to the gym or before, you know, really getting into like, let me, let me grind and make myself better. There is that period of like, yo, I just lost my girl, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that I think is the time where the binge, the binging or the excess sleeping and all of that happens is because you kind of have to make that paradigm shift. You know, you go from a we to a me and Mm -hmm. depending on, you know, how long you've been with somebody that could be earth shattering in a way, you know, like, damn, I don't need, I don't even know who I can talk to. I don't even know, you know, who I can share what what I'm going through with, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. that's where some people spend that time to kind of mourn it. Actually. Yeah. That's probably what it is, is, is mourning that loss of like, yo, I had, a really close connection and bond with this person and it's, it's, it's gone now. No, hundred percent. It's funny that you say morning. I was actually having a conversation and this may, this may be a, a very like over-exaggeration, but I was saying morning, a breakup, like a heartbreak can sometimes be more difficult than morning a death. Um, I agree. And the reason I say that is because at least with death, you know, it's final. So you break or when someone dies, you know, they're not coming back and you can kind of have peace with the fact that, this is there's no other option. But I think with a breakup, you know, you're mourning the idea that someone doesn't want to be with you, but they're still out there and available. They're still touchable. They're still seeable. Um, mm. You still, you know, may have interact, may have the opportunity to still interact with that person. Um, and I think that that makes it much more, um, you know, kind of difficult to navigate um, because there are, there are a lot of unknowns uh, with just a breakup. You know, we're going to get back together. Um, you know, are we not going to get back together? Just like a lot of different things being running through your head. Um, but no, I, I definitely agree with that. The morning, uh, you know, process. Now, how would you say timetable, right? So obviously you said, you know, everyone mourns differently. They, you know, they go through their go through differently. Um, but would you say there's like a point where you're like, okay, now you have to get up. You have to do something productive. You, you can't allow yourself to wallow in this heartbreak for, you know, any longer. That's an interesting question because I feel like we're actually going through that right now with this quarantine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everyone is going through this change where it's like, man, I can't go out. I can't see my friends. You know, once again, it's a paradigm shift, right? Mm -hmm. Their world is upside down. And um, I've been doing some stuff trying to help people and trying to just just do my part, you know, as much as I can. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of the million dollar question is how long can I stay in bed? How long can I mourn before it turns into depression, right? Mm -hmm. Or it goes into a deeper problem. And um, I don't know, I'm not, 
I'm not a therapist, so I don't have that exact <laughs> timeline, mm-hmm. yeah. but I think there's a distinct moment um, where you're kind of just like, all right, you got to get up. I remember, actually, this takes me back to a breakup. I remember one time <clears throat> the girl that I was with, she like cheated on me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I was in the shower and this is after I had been sad for a couple of days, like didn't go out on the weekend. I was just feeling bad. And I was in the shower and I was just like, Brittany, you don't have to be sad no more. And I was just like, you know what? You're right. And mm-hmm. so like from that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to sit in this feeling because I don't have to. You know, I felt it is real. Mm-hmm. It's valid. However, I'm over it now, you know, like not over the breakup, but over this part of the breakup, you know, 100 percent. What about you, though? Like, I know there was a shift for you when we started hitting the gym, you know, when we started Mm -hmm. hanging out more after your breakup. What shifted things for you to get into that space? So for me, when, you know, when I've gone through breakups, I kind of get so I'm like sad, but I'm also a little frustrated. Um, And I have this and it's like a competitive thing with inside me. Um, But I'm always like, all right, I, I lost this one. I got to get back out there. I got to make sure I'm, you know, the best me. Right. So I really, I don't really allow myself, maybe this is healthy or unhealthy, um, you know, kind of take it, you know, as you hear it, but you know, I'm always in a rush to get back on top of my game. Um, Mm -hmm. So much so that I don't really want to allow myself to, I guess, mourn. like, I guess I mourn, I mourn through growth. Like, so like my growth, I like to mourn as I grow um, to kind of expedite that, that um that low point um but yeah so i guess for me um i don't know i'm I'm trying to think back to like you know with my breakup and and like i said you can even chime in too because like i feel like you were you were like you know my ears on the ground as i was you know kind of going through it um but yeah i I didn't really i didn't really i don't really catch myself you know being like a one that stays in bed for weeks or, you know, binge eats or anything like that. Like I said, my first thing is like, all right, I'm in the gym, um, you know, reading. I'm just trying to like uplift myself and better myself right away. Um, That's interesting that you say that because I feel mm-hmm. like that might be a distinct difference between women and men. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I feel like, um, you know, just being generalizing, of course. Yeah. Um, but men, women tend to be more emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Like, I don't know if you've seen the meme that's just like, it shows the two, it shows what men do after breakups and then it shows what women do. And it's like men go out and they're like having fun and then like months pass and then that's when they sit home and they're like, damn. Yeah, yeah. And then women like start off like sitting down crying with their girls eating ice cream and then like you see them going out three months later. Mm -hmm. So it's like a completely opposite um, approach, but they still end up in the same points at different times. No, hundred percent. And I, and I will say, you know, my feelings for my exes, although I may, you know, may have like made peace. So we're not getting back together. The feelings do linger. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, and maybe that's because I'm not taking that time, um, you know, to kind of sit with it and really recognize, you know, the feelings that I have and the pain that I'm feeling in the morning that I have. Um, so that's, that's actually a good point. That is, that is real. Cause guys, like I said, guys are generally quick to get back out there, try to get back under another chick. Um, and then six months later, they're calling her ex back, like, baby, I miss you. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> and she, no, she's, like, she's like, I don't, I don't feel the way I say wait no more. You should have got back with me, you know, a exactly. month ago, six months ago. <laughs> exactly. No, I feel the same. That's interesting because I'm, I'm 
like that way too where it's like Mm -hmm. i've i hit the point like i mourn it and then after that i'm cool on you like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're good do you but yeah yeah. (laughs) that that, that's uh that's funny um so i guess you know jumping into you know kind of how guys usually um or more kind of aggressive with the approach fresh, fresh fresh out of a breakup what's the thoughts on you know jumping back into dating too soon Right. So you get into a breakup and then you're like, all right, I'm back on the dating scene um, before you kind of properly heal. What, what can be the effects of that um, in dating? So that's tricky because I feel like the whole dating scene is kind of like a clusterfuck of mm-hmm. people in different stages of healing, growth, all of that. And so um, I think that a big thing that can happen is repeated cycles, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but all my exes have similarities. You know, I definitely have a type. Mm-hmm. And that, to my... Bad bitches is the only thing. <laughs> <I did. laughs> like, that has gotten me in the same situation multiple times. And I think it is because, you know, when you break up with somebody and you don't heal or or you know, move past it in a, in the right way, you can end up in the same cycle because you're looking for the same thing. Like, you know, I really miss this about this person. So you go out and look for this, but you don't realize that while you're looking for this, that other thing that you didn't like so much is accompanied with it. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. So I think like really taking that time to reflect and be introspective. Like I have a therapist. I love therapy. I'm gonna add that in. I recommend getting a therapist for anybody, Um, but especially when you're going through a breakup, because then you're able to work through things and kind of come out with a different perspective of, okay, that didn't work. I know what I don't want, and here's what I do want, so that you're able to operate from a place of growth versus, Mm -hmm. like, trial and error. Like, that didn't work, but you're not taking any, like data as to why it didn't work. Yeah, so it's like another shot in the dark. You're, like, basically shooting in, you know, shooting right into the dark. Yeah. Um, when you just jump right back into it. In the that's same actually, exact direction. You're not even mm-hmm. changing nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually a good point. Now, you said therapy. So what, what are your thoughts on, you know, people using their friends as, you know, kind of, you know, to kind of uh, take the place of a therapist or they're kind of talking through things with friends or family? Um, do you think that can also be healthy or do you recommend like you should go to someone who's licensed and trained um, to kind of help you cope with it? I think that it is important to have social support, to have people who are there, you know, that you can lean on. You know, I've I've talked to you. You talk Mm -hmm. to me. We've definitely leaned on each other through many things that we've gone through. And Mm -hmm. I think at the same time, you give me a certain perspective. You give me Dermonte's perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like I give you Brittany's perspective. And that, of course, comes with its own biases, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that can sometimes influence what we take away from a situation, whereas a therapist is completely neutral, right? She has, or they, they have no agenda of, I want you to get back with Joe, or I want you to leave Joe, or I hate Joe, so let me kind of cloud what I'm saying with this this air of he ain't shit. You know, like yeah. it's more of an unbiased space where you can say anything because there might be some things that you don't tell a family member or a friend because you know that they feel a certain way or they wouldn't agree. Whereas a therapist is there to literally work through it. Good, mm. bad, ugly. 
Got you. So everyone listening, you know, stop <laughs> using stop using your your home girl or your homeboy as your as your therapist. Get get some get some real help. Get some real help. <laughs> hey, here's um, a question for you though. Bouncing mm-hmm. off that, <clears throat> have you have you noticed that a lot of friendships are based around like unloading? Mm. That that not all my friendships, but I do have friendships like that. And I, mm-hmm. I have I have recognized that. Um, and what I will say, and you know, I'm sure people could challenge me on this, but I think more with women, that's the the relationship versus guys, right? Because I feel like with women, you know, you're very in tune with your emotions. You're very, you know, open with sharing your your feelings and your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where I think men usually, you know, withhold their feelings, withhold their emotions. Um, you know, I guess in fear of like their boys judging them or like, oh, you're soft or like you love her, yeah. So I feel like a lot of times guys withhold, so there's not so much unloading. Um, but I think you know, with you know, closer male friends, I do think we have a, a level of of you know you know openness where we can share unload with each other but i have noticed in a lot of you know kind of male uh you know friendships that i do have um that so much unloading isn't happening but i can say like speak to our friendship right like i feel like there's a a comfortability i have with you where i can kind of divulge things and like truly like just be like all right this is really how you know x had me feeling she you know i'm I'm really mad that she did this 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 and that you know what are your thoughts um, we're like with my boys. I might be like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool off her. You know what I mean? Like, it, I'm cool. It, it's, I'm good. You know what I mean? Right. My heart, I'm hurting, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, but um, no, but I do see. And what, I, what I'm noticing now, though, um, speaking of like even like going back to therapy, I think now we're in this space where um, and especially in the you know African-American, Latino, you know, brown community, you know, we're able to. Like before, like someone said, a therapist, they'd be like, wow, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy? Right. Where now it's like starting to be more, you know, people are more open to it. People are more, you know, willing to kind of seek that, seek that help, um, which is kind of a beautiful sight to, you know, see. Um, yeah. Kind of, you know, evolve. Um, and especially in the younger children, because I think, um, you know, kind of with social media and like as people are just like getting older faster and exposed much more, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's important that we have those outlets. Because, you know, your friends might not be able to talk you through a lot of this stuff that, you know, you may experience. Yeah. Plus, like, you know, the biggest thing as a coach is I understand the different aspects of wellness, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. your life. Right. So you see somebody who's hitting the gym and who's really dedicated to their fitness journey. And you're like, wow, that's great. That's really admirable. But mm-hmm. somebody who's taken the approach to be committed to their mental wellness, you know, and that journey like hey i'm going to therapy every week people are like what the fuck like yeah you know but it should be the same thing like you know i'm i'm in the gym working out my body i'm in therapy working through my shit you know mm. yes yes 100 percent. and to speak on that it's like you, you want to give for and you you alluded to this and this was like years ago we were talking about this about like healthcare. Um, and I, and I, I'm going to stumble over the word or like over the phrase cause I'm, I forgot it, but basically like our healthcare system is designed to fix the problem once the problem arrives. Right. Um, but you were like speaking of like a preventative, a preventative is a preventative healthcare or like mm-hmm. we want to, we want to fix the problem before a problem even comes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is very important. Like you shouldn't see a therapist when your shit's in shambles. You shouldn't pray when stuff's going wrong. Like that's just mm-hmm. something that's in your daily regimen or weekly regimen, um, you know, that you kind of do to stay fine tuned and stay sharp. Mm. 
And that's a great point, I think, just tying it back to the whole healing process mm-hmm. um, of breaking up. I think that's something that that does like in a way when you break up, like you do break. And so you're at ground zero and you start to rely and pull on the things that you may have forgotten because let's face it when you're in a relationship you get wrapped up in that person you get wrapped up in your relationship and sometimes Mm -hmm. you forget about yourself right so you you fall off the gym or you fall off going to church you fall off whatever it is that you know at one point was very important to you and you know a lot of people you've you've seen it we've all seen it the glow up after the breakup right facts and that's i think it's truly because you get back to the things that kept you whole and kept you feeling good like you're going back to the preventative stuff you're no longer you're not Mm -hmm. taking the medicine you're eating Mm -hmm. well you're working Mm -hmm. out like you don't have to take that medicine anymore to to fix the problem because the problem at its root is gone you know you Mm -hmm. you're feeling whole again so you don't need to be feeling insecure or looking out here messing with whoever and doing this you know like I, I think that there's definitely a positive that comes from um a good healing process after a breakup a hundred percent i think that's why you know every time i'm dating like every time i'm dating a new girl right that's always like one of the first questions they ask like why are you single you know like why are you like you're like this great guy you're this like why are you not in a relationship like what's your like what's your issue what's wrong um and for me i have so much peace in my you know, I, I have so much peace in being single because, as you mentioned, like I'm doing the things that, you know, I want to do, the things that make me feel whole, to make the things that make me feel happy, the things that make me feel at peace. And, you know, not saying, you know, a relationship couldn't, you know, bring that out as well. But in my past and all the relationships that I've had, you know, I've always, you know, had to put some of the things that are, you know, near and dear to my heart on a back burner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm no longer, you know, at this age and at this point in my life, I'm no longer willing or open to, you know, putting things that mean, you know, a lot, things that mean a lot to me on the back burner, right? Like, I'm not going to not go to the gym. I'm not going to not read. I'm not going to, you know, not eat healthy. You know, there's just things that, you know, I, I value that I, I just can't, you know, for like my peace of mind and for like my sanity, I can't, you know, not do. Um, and mm. I just like find a relationship, even if like the person, is saying not saying directly like oh, I don't want you to do this, but it's like through arguing and through just like the stresses of relationships or like mm-hmm. you know like I said you get consumed and wrapped up in trying to please that person um, mm-hmm. that you can kind of get thrown off of your game. Um, so let me ask you this: Do you think that is like you know we always talk about finding our soulmate, right? And you know finding that right person. Do you think that's when you truly have found that person when you know like your life doesn't? It's like your life stays in motion even when they enter into your life, right? You're not changing direction. You're not you know, having to, you know, adjust your, your schedule. Um, like, so what do you, what do you kind of think about that? I don't think so, actually. Okay. I, f- I feel like one, my understanding of soulmates is not, uh, mm, is not a, it's not always a pleasant <laughs> experience <laughs> because your soulmate is somebody who challenges you. Mm-hmm. They are sent or the, the connection is that your soul is tied to theirs. And that means sometimes they're going to challenge you. They're going to be that person that's very difficult or, or makes things harder. So like, you know, the the girl who calls you out on your shit or the girl who, mm-hmm. who frustrates you, but you know it's because she she's right or she's growing you. Mm-hmm. And so I think what you're describing is 
is like more ease and like flow. Mm-hmm. And um, I think sometimes my understanding of a soulmate, there's a little bit of like resistance. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's when you know you've met your soulmate is this person. You can't shake this person and you know that your life is better with this person because they bring out better parts of your soul. But in that process is not necessarily smooth and fun. So, so it's like a challenge, but not in a toxic, negative way. Right? Exactly. Like a, OK. But what you describe, I think that's a perfect, not a perfect relationship, but I think that's that's kind of the goal. I think that's kind of what people Mm -hmm. are looking for in terms of the person that they want to marry, you know, is that person that is like, you know, I can be me with you and Mm -hmm. I can grow with you and we can do this together. I think that's kind of what our generation or our age bracket is looking for. A hundred percent. If some reason, it seems more evasive than ever. You know, it seems like it's it's running away. And to get back, you know, to kind of go along that, but to get back to what we were kind of saying before, um, and you kind of alluded to this before to me, is like when you're not properly healed and, you know, you're jumping from relationship to relationship without, you know, kind of assessing and doing that, you know, legwork to figure out what it is that you want, what you need um, and understanding yourself, you know, you bleed on other people. So like mm. the, tra- the traumas that, you know, you may have experienced or the, the issues that, you know, may be inside of you that you haven't ironed out you know, you jump into this other relationship without having that figured out. And then you see yourself, you know, hurting someone else and putting that, you know, putting that toxicity into someone else's life. And then it springs boards into them into their next relationship. And it's just mm-hmm. like we're all play. It's like, we all have, we all have this virus now of, of toxicness. Mm. Um, and it's like everyone's trauma. It's like, you ever see that video? It's like, if I have sex with you um, without a condom and then you have sex with them and then like, after five people, it's like you all had sex with like 300 people or something like that. Oh, shit. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's just like the way of like how things multiply. Um, And I find that's kind of how, you know, toxic, traumatic relationships are kind of like starting to multiply in our generation. Um, Yeah, no, that's, that's a huge point. Um, Mm -hmm. um, And there was this meme that was saying like, I don't need somebody who's going to ask me, you know, like, what I like to do for, for fun or whatever. I need somebody to ask me how I'm healing my generational trauma and, you know, working through my shit essentially. And I think that that's a conversation that maybe our age group and our generation and younger ones are having just because the level of, I think, emotional and I don't know, I don't know, I guess emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't, I also don't feel like that's a conversation that people are having truthfully is like, hey, this is my shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the, this is my baggage. Um, and this is how this is why I act the way that I do because of this. You know, some people mm-hmm. are just like, take me as I am or leave me, you know. Um, and I think one of your podcasts, you guys were talking about like body count and stuff, like just mm-hmm. playing off of your example. You know, some people would be like, all right, so are we doing this or are we not? Like, don't ask me questions, you know? So mm-hmm. that not really having the information to know the 300 people that you're sleeping with through this one connection or not knowing the baggage that you in turn are about to carry, you mm. know, through this connection, um, I think it gets really tricky in terms of navigating. Mm. It's like, man, when I started dating you, my back just felt, it's, I, you know, my back started hurting, you know, shit got heavy. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah I feel you. Yeah. All right, that, that's, um, that's actually, that's a, that's a great point. Um, so let's talk about this, right? So when you're healing and you go through it, I think 
you know, everyone kind of gets to a point where they're trying to tune their ex out, right? They're like, all right, I'm a block blocker on Instagram or like block mm-hmm. her number. I'm a, I would not talk to her. I don't care like how sad or bad I'm feeling. Um, but in like a moment like quarantine, right, where mm-hmm. you're isolated with you, your thoughts and food and TV, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you didn't flip through as many channels as you can. You're bored now. And then those thoughts start creeping back up in your head. Like, oh, mm. I miss I miss the moments when she did this or she did that or for one, like he did this, and he did that. How would you help someone navigate going through that and like how to get them to not act on it, not to act on an impulse to want to reach back out to their ex? Or is that OK? Or you know, what are your thoughts on that? So from a coaching standpoint, I would ask, what are you looking to get out of this? Right. So you reaching out to this person, what are you looking to get out of, out of this? There's no right or wrong answer, um, but just kind of bringing that awareness around what am I looking, you know, like, am I looking to get back or am I looking for a response? Like, you know, and kind of moving from there because everyone has an ulterior motive or something deeper. And mm-hmm. I think you kind of have to sit with that and be OK with it. You know, like you can't open that door and be like, oh, shit, never mind. I changed my mind, you know, because then you just opened up an old wound. So you need to kind of be in a position where it's just like, all right, I know what I'm about to get into and I'm OK with that. Um, me personally, I'm a blocker. Like once it's done, it's done, it's done. Yeah. And um, yeah, that shit's locked. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think with quarantine, it's a tricky time because you know, Kobe Bryant dying and quarantine now, like the world is going through some things and you kind of, you do reflect on the people that have been in your life and um, you do want to reach out and even just say like, hey, I'm thinking of you. I hope you're well. And I think that that's okay as long as you have in your mind where you want it to stop. So if you reaching out just to say like, I hope you're okay because like I genuinely care okay, cool. Stop it there. Don't let it go into, Oh, what's up big head. Like, so mm-hmm. how you been? Like, oh, you I miss know? you. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. nice, what do you nice. think? <sighs> hmm. So you sent some texts. Nah, nah, for me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big blocker. Um, but like, so I, like I said, I have like a lot, maybe it's like ego, ego issues, but for me, I never want to block an ex. I don't want to give her the satisfaction that like, I'm so, involved that i have to like block her to like forget about it you know mm-hmm. um but you know, like i said but as far as like if someone is going through you know at home right now bored on the phone or bored at their house and they're going through their phone they're like damn i actually miss xyz because I, I kind of agree with everything you're saying i would just like what is your point what is your angle um and you might in your mind you know try to justify and say you know i'm just trying to reach out just to see if they're good but in reality you know that's not the case right mm-hmm. um and i think a lot of times we like like i say the biggest lie we tell to people are the lies we tell to ourselves you know and i mm-hmm. think a lot of times we found we 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 find the soft spots in ourselves that we know how to manipulate ourselves right mm-hmm. so we'll we'll try to justify all right yeah it's just gonna be cool i just want i'm gonna talk to her on the phone or just talk to him on the phone for xyz um it's just gonna be fun um but it's like you know if you get cut with a machete and you rip the you know you rip the stitches out you know two weeks too soon thinking that you're okay you're going to bleed you're going to have to go back to the hospital and you're gonna have to you know sit with the stitches in for even that much more time. Um, mm. So to kind of look at it from a relationship standpoint, now you've already came, you know, 25% of the way in your healing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you make this call and you do this text, 
not only are you going to have to go to rest of that 75 percent, but now you're going to have to lose that 25 percent um, and, you know, make up all that lost time. And it's just going to be that much more difficult, you know, um, the next time you do it. So I would just say, you know, recognize where you're at, recognize that this time will pass and that you're not ready to the fact that you want to reach out to this person. You know, you're not ready. You're not truly healed. Um, and that's huge because relapsing in relationships or after a relationship is huge like people will hit up their ex to you know just for you know to have sex people will hit up their ex because they miss them or because they're lonely or even sometimes because like something really bad happens and it's like you know you were my person and you somewhat care about whatever's going on and that can end up in you know a second chance or us involved again for another six months when I just, you know, took a step forward and now I'm taking like five steps back. And I think that's, that's a big thing that does happen while people are trying to heal. What do you think? Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. I completely a hundred percent agree. And I also think to add on to that, I think sometimes exes realize so like exes know because we, you know, because we, when you date someone, they know you in and out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and initially, like I said, we were going through that stage. You might be texting them a lot. You might be calling them a lot. You might be trying to, you know, you know, reinsert your way back into their life. Um, and exes have a keen way. And I've dated women that have done this where they felt they like, somewhere innately i don't know what it is it's like i don't know if it's just like a connection but like they felt me pulling back like i i think he's over me and mm-hmm. they find a way to hit me back right so like so it might not be you being bored at home and reaching out to your ex right it might be you at home you're bored you're not really thinking about your ex and maybe you're 50 percent healed and they might they might try to reinsert themselves back into your life being manipulative right mm-hmm. uh, and i think you have to also you know be able to in the same way that you said about if you're trying to, you know, reach out, but you have to assess why is this person, why is this person reaching out to me? What could their angle be? And if I do, you know, entertain whatever they're doing, you know, what could be the relapse effects of that? Um, mm-hmm. Cause I feel like I've dated women um, that when we broke up, they didn't necessarily want me back, but they never, they didn't want me to truly get over them. So like, they'll try to like play hopscotch in your life. Like, all right, I'm gonna jump back in just so that you think you're thinking about me. But then as soon as you try to make that step to like, all right, let's, let's actually try to make this work. Right. Then they're like, Oh no, 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 no. Like that's not, that's not why I hit you up. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important to recognize. Cause it's not always going to be you. It's going to, it might be them. Um, and you have to just, you know, just learn how to, you know, navigate that and, um, you know, kind of go along with that. Yeah, I don't know how I, it might be Mercury retrograde. You know, mm-hmm. that's when exes love to pop up. Or yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but you can feel that. You know, and yo, I, it's I it's depending on the uh, the person's toxicity level. That's either mm-hmm. like a an alarm that's like okay, you got to pull them back in, or you you really have to sit with yourself and kind of know like all right, it's really over. Like it's done, yeah. done. It's done, done, and. I don't know. You think there's a method to where you can like, cause every breakup's not like super traumatic or like crazy where like, right, I got to cut this person off. But like, mm-hmm. you think there's a, a way you can, you know, kind of tap into that type of mindset so that you don't relapse where you're like, or do you think it's not even healthy to kind of go down that, that path? Um, I would say that from therapy, right mm-hmm. um the approach that they tell you or that my therapist have tell, told me is 
to focus on me, right? Mm-hmm. Don't think about my ex. Don't think about what my ex is doing, if they're out, if they moved on, if they slept with somebody else, like literally cut that person out of my my thoughts because mm-hmm. that's not that's none of my concern right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's about me. I'm I'm healing, like you said, you're about to get back even better, right? So mm-hmm. you got enough to worry about. You know, you gotta get that six pack back. You know, you gotta yeah. you gotta get you gotta catch up on whatever you haven't been reading or or whatever ways you haven't been growing yourself. And so mm-hmm. I think once you shift your focus from like, oh, do they still want me? Do they still love me? Do they miss me? To like, do I miss them? Do mm-hmm. I even want them, you know, or mm-hmm. even are they even a factor in the thoughts that I'm having? Like, no, if you're I think if you're truly healing from a breakup, your thoughts are all about you. Your mm-hmm. thoughts are about how you want to feel, what you want to be doing. You know, you, you're starting to potentially even fantasize about your next partner. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's not in spite of your partner, your ex-partner, but it's because of that person that you're like, yeah, no, nah, my next girl, she's going go to t- go to the gym with me, you know, or my yeah. next girl, she's going to do this thing that my ex didn't do. You know what I mean? hundred mm-hmm. percent. And what I like to tell my friends is, is that it's not, it's like, I think a lot of times when we're dating someone and we have like these, these, like these pains of missing them. I don't think a lot of times you even miss the person. I just think you just miss being able to have those emotions that usually we have bottled up attached to something. Mm. Um, so it's like, okay, you're saying you miss, you miss Jody, but is it really Jody that you miss? Or do you just miss being able to, do you just miss have being able to have a connection with mm. someone and Jody just happened to be, happened to be that body that you were able to attach that emotion to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I think, you know, back to what you were saying, like just being able to, like say going through your glow up and like being able to attach that same type of, passion or energy into something else not even a person but it could be a, a goal or an idea or you know whatever else you're working on um but yeah so let's let's jump here um getting your shit together right so you you know you get over the the the, the initial you know brunt of the the pain of a breakup um and now you're like all right now i'm ready to glow up um so let's talk like the importance of recognizing you know kind of where you are and where you want to be and why that's important in the trajectory of your, of your growth and your healing. Um, So I think that it's important uh, to first recognize where you are. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, looking in the mirror and really seeing who you are after this, because I feel like when you're in love or when you're in a relationship, a lot of times you're not looking in the mirror the same. You know, you're Mm -hmm. not looking at yourself the same, you know, you're looking through the lens of this person's partner or Mm -hmm. this unit versus Dermonte or Brittany, you know, Mm -hmm. individually. And so now I think you have to kind of look and be like, all right, now that it's just me, I'm dolo, right? Mm -hmm. What do I, what, where am I at? You know, how's my bank account? I don't got to spend on brunch. I don't got to pay for this. You know, I can, where's my bank account at? You know, or what are the things that I said that I wanted to do? that I haven't done, you know, you, you kind of have to evaluate maybe the ways that you've broken up with yourself mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. compromise of this relationship and sitting down and kind of recommitting like, all right, you know what? I might've lost that relationship, but I'm about to get me back. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a powerful place to be. And I remember like, you know, when we were in the gym and, you know, we were in it, I feel like that was something that we used to talk about. Like you remember that day, 
um, you were telling me, like, you know, I'm not even worried about finding a girl right now because if I find a girl, she's going to be where I'm at right now. And mm-hmm. I don't want a girl that's where I'm at right now. I'm trying to get to the girl that's next level. So I need to get to my next level in order to meet her. Sure. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's something I still live by, to, you know, to this day. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, now, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, you know, people will meet you where you're at. It's like the, the, the statement, like, water seeks its own level. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I don't want to have to go after... But I feel like a lot of times what we try to do, and maybe this is, I guess women do the same thing too, but I feel like especially for guys, it's like, okay, you're eight, and you're going to try to shoot for a 12. You know, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm going to try to go, just go get this 12. I'm going to try to get the, the baddest girl in the in the club or in this group or whatever the case may be, knowing that if you are to get her, you would be like the, the lucky guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm a firm believer, and it's like, you know, I want to be able to get, the best chick in the room, but I don't want to have to work that hard for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe it's me. I'm maybe it's me being lazy, but I don't want to be the guy that's like she's on my arm, but you know, everybody's looking at it like he's a lucky dude. No, I want I want her, I want us to be evenly yoked. So like I want her to be I want people to look at us and be like, okay, they're they're great as a unit. They're mm-hmm. attractive as a unit. They're intelligent as a unit. They're building as a unit. I don't ever mm-hmm. want to be in a one sided relationship. Um so I just kinda and to get back to you know what when I made that statement at the gym, it's like, you know, I seek to be a 12 so that I can get an abundance of 12. So I'm never looking at a 12 like she's my end all be all. And if I can't get her, then I have to settle for something less, you know, because mm. um, I and, and it's not going to it's an abundant mindset. Right. Like, I don't want to be in scarcity with like my finances, with my health, with my relationships, you know, with anything like sources of income. Like, I just feel like the whole scarcity mindset where it's like one or done. I don't ever want to live like that in anything, um, you know, so I want to be able to have a variety of options to, you know, go down different paths. Um, but you said something so, so like profound to me and I never even thought about this, but the idea of being, you, you're compromising yourself to make a relationship work, but in the moment of compromising, you're breaking up with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is that is something that we all do. I've done, and I'm sure everyone listening has probably done at a point where it's like you're you're working so hard to make it work with that person mm-hmm. that you're breaking all of your all all the things that make Brittany Brittany. You're like putting to the wayside, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of times when, like I said, the relationship does end, you feel like a little resentment towards that person. You feel resentment towards yourself and you feel lost because you're like, damn, how did I allow myself to fucking spin out of control and turn into this person that I know at my core I'm not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's actually that was like super profound. I think like maybe that's a way to like when you're in a relationship and you're compromising or, you know, going through anything, you say, like, does this go against the relationship I have with myself? And that if, is and- good. I was saying, if the, and if the answer is yes, then I think you have to, you know, either reassess the decision you're about to make or reassess being with that person, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I was about to say, that is, um, that really resonates with me. And I think I have realized that because there was one breakup where I literally was journaling and just trying to work through what, what I was angry about, mm-hmm. you know, like the red flags were there. I knew that she was this way. I knew like, you know, everything. And by the end of journaling, I had written, I'm mad at myself. 
because Mm -hmm. I did this to myself. You know, she showed me who she was and I sacrificed my self-worth, my all of these self-respect, every single thing that I would do like for myself, I sacrificed in the name of loving her. Mm. And it left me heartbroken and not loving myself. And so I think that's that's something that a lot of people go through, but mm. they they're not able to recognize who they're really mad at. Wow. Like you you mad at you you're more mad at yourself. Right. And you are at the X. Yeah. But it's like, no, but she cheated yeah. again. And it's like, yeah, again, that means you stayed again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> facts. Facts. That is that is so real. Um now let's say this. Is so like the pain of a, a so like say cheating, right? So say mm-hmm. like, you know, the person you're dating, they were cheating on you and this and that. Um so like let's talk about using like using the pain of of that breakup to be like a catalyst of growth and not stagnation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the one point where you're like on the couch and you're, you know, super sad crying and this and that, but like turning that switch to like, you know what, I'm going to use this cheating and whatever. And maybe it's like a inner like self-esteem thing you have, or like, you know, maybe it's something that you, you need to work on that you're like, okay, I need to work on it. But like learning how to use the, the pain as fuel to better mm-hmm. yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you kind of just want to elaborate, kind of just kind of talk through that with me. Um, yeah. yeah. So with that, right, there's two different types of motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, putting on my coaching hat here. Yeah. Um, there's ex- external and then intrinsic. So mm-hmm. external motivation is basically someone saying to you, you need to lose weight or you need to stop smoking, right? And it's, it's an outside factor that is playing a role in trying to get you to do something. Mm-hmm. And that is a good jump start, but it's not sustainable. So you're not about to work your ass off to get a six pack because somebody's like, you need to get a six pack. They, if anything, you'll do it for a little bit. But after a while, if you don't develop an intrinsic motivation for yourself, you're going to stop. You know, that one day that is raining outside that you just don't feel like it. That's going to be the day that you're like, man, fuck it and fuck her. Like, no, yeah. you get your six pack, you know. Like, um, but uh, to answer your question, yes, like I think that you motivation is so finite and hard to come by um, that once you get it, you got to act on it. So if if your ex, you know, y'all breaking up is motivation enough for you to get into the gym, that's great. And I think at a certain point, it becomes, all right, I want to do this for me. You know, after about a month, you you forget about Bobby or whoever, you know, that you were trying to get back at and, you know, hit him with the, the uh, what is it, revenge body pictures. Yeah. Um, and you start to be like, you know what, I want this for me. You know, like, I want to look good for me. I want to feel good for me. I want to make myself proud. Um, and I think that's the key switch in order to you know, sustain that change. Otherwise you're going to do it for a little bit and then you're going to slip up and you're not going to be able to sustain it. Mm, so it has to go from like external to intrinsic. And if it doesn't, it's, it's going to flop. Yeah. It has to go from them to you. It it, mm. it was about them, but now it's about me. Mm. Now, do you, would you say it's bad to want to shit on your ex? It's like, they do, they do you shady and you're like, man, I'm, I'm about to shit on this motherfucker. Like, I want to glow up just to shit on him. Would you, <laughs> I feel like we all go through that moment. You know, it's like, they do something. You're like, well, I can't wait to shit on you. You know, um, mm-hmm. would, you, would you say that's a, would you say that's a negative approach to it? Or like, 
is like if it helps rock with it i mean we all got egos you know like i i saw a meme that was like make sure that you're the baddest ex that they got you know and Mm -hmm. and i that really resonates with me it's just like you don't want to be a flop afterwards like you see they see you and it's just like damn she let herself go you know like if anything would be like wow (laughs) when Mm -hmm. i just lose you know facts now i i pride myself on that you know it's like if you know, that's why like I said when I break up, I'm always like, okay, how can I get better and grow and this and that? Because like, I do not want to be the person that, you know, you you go through a breakup and they look at your Instagram six months, you run into them six months later, and they're like, oh shit, that breakup really fucked them up. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I never, I never like, I, I like, I, I never want to be that person. You know, um, so it's like that. That's like the first thing that comes to my head. It's like, no, you ain't about to, you ain't about to have one up on me. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. For me personally, I'm like, look, if that if that if that keeps you going, you know, it might not be the most healthiest way to cope, but you know, if that's gonna keep you in the gym or if that's gonna keep you focused on your business and you know, trying to run a checkup or you know, get closer to God, whatever the case is, you know, you got to use it. You, know, you got to use all that fuel. Um, now let's ask this. You know, when do you know you're healed? Right? Is is there like a point where you're like, okay, you know, it's been a year. Uh, you know, I'm this and that, or you know, six months, I'm healed. Do you think it's it's ever like that uh, a moment that hits you, or do you think it it never truly heals? You just learn learn to live with it, or you know, kind of. What's your thoughts on that? Mm, that's tough because it's kind of like growth, right? So there's never like I have reached my destination of growth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of healing, I think that you can be more healed. I don't know if you're a hundred percent healed, you know, because say if you may be healed from your last ex, there might be some older exes that you still need to heal from that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think your heart would tell you, that sounds so like hippy dippy, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really do like, you, you know, when, when you meet somebody or you're in a situation, it's just like, I am not ready for this. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm not ready to talk about your day or know about your feelings or your family, you know? Um, and then there's the point where it's just like, okay, no, nah, like, I think I, I could really open myself up, um, to connecting with people on a deeper level. I think that's really what it is. Like that guard, you know, like once you mm-hmm. hurt, you, you turn into a bitter bitch, like the bitter bitch stage <laughs> is real, you know, like yeah. <laughs> somebody smiles at you and you just like, what you smiling at? You, you know, it's just like, you're uh, just upset. <laughs> so I think like once that, that guard goes down a little bit and you're more mm-hmm. receptive to just people. Um, I think that's a, a starting point at least. Okay. What do you think? Awesome. Um, yeah, I think it's just a feeling, you know, it's like when you get that feeling, you just like when you know, you know, um, I don't know where that feeling if it's like in the gut or in the heart, in the mind. But I just think, you know, you'll know when you're ready um, or like when you're truly over that person. Um, and, and also, like I recognize with myself, I think there are times when I I think I may be healed. Um, and I feel like you don't truly know. So like, I feel like you don't truly know you're over an ex it's like out of sight, out of mind. Right. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times if it's out of sight and out of mind, we think we're healed from it, but then we come into a situation where it reappears and then those emotions fucking just creep back up on us like crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, you can be healed to an extent. Um, but I think once you, whether you see them on Instagram, y'all talk or you run into them out on the street, 
and you're able to have that have that moment and you're like oh shit like i don't feel the way i felt six months ago i think that's when you truly know like okay i'm over this person um because there have been times like i thought i was over over a chick and you know this and then she'll hit me up and i'm like we'll get off the phone and i'm like oh shit I thought I wasn't fucking her no more. Like I'm, I'm feeling those butterflies again, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so like, I feel like the out of sight, out of mind. You know, a lot of times that can give us a false perception of what being healed is, or like feeling that we are healed. Um, but like, you know, maybe you, you know, maybe you're one of those people that you could break up and you, you know, for a fact you'll never see that person or talk to that person again. And you know, maybe that false, that false feeling of illness is all you need. Um, Nah, I'm just I yeah. I get real scary and I'm just like that person doesn't exist. Who yeah. Like <laughs> right, look, you done. You got you, you dead. You dead. <laughs> and I think it's truthfully because I don't I've never like put myself in a position to look at somebody who I was once in love with and entangled with and mm-hmm. kind of have to test to see like, ooh, like am I still heartbroken? And I feel like that's just kind of for my sake of being able to continue to grow. Like, you know, if you know you're on a certain path and you know you're trying to get somewhere, you're not going to purposely put distractions and roadblocks and shit to reel you off, you know? hundred um, percent. So that's just me. No, that's, that's a fellow. You, you got to know you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you know, it makes you click. Uh, you can get through things. Um, so let's get to like the last part here. Like, you know, so we got through the the healing portion um, and then like, you know, as you're healing, getting your shit together. Let's talk like reentering into dating. Right. Mm. Um, so now that you have like this stronger sense of self, you know, you've assessed. So assuming that you've like done the proper measures. Right. So you have this newfound sense of self. You know, you've got back to things that make you click and tick and happy and peaceful. Um, you know, what does dating look like at that point? Right. Because like now you're new, you um you know, so when you're dating, do you think once you're truly healed, you'll, you know, because I know you mentioned earlier, like, if you don't, if you don't do the healing, you'll go back out into the world and you'll literally have the same clone of a person just in a different body. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, does that person look different when you're healed? Like the attraction, I guess. Um, or do you think that's something you have to still navigate when you're healed mm. properly? I think... I mean, for me, I can't really say too much because I just started to get into the dating world after Mm -hmm. being in relationships. So Mm -hmm. um, for me, I feel like hmm, it's different, right? So you're basically like thrown out into a world that you you don't necessarily know the tenders the the hinges and all of that um and mm-hmm. you that adds a level of facades you know For sure. um, like coming out of a relationship like you said you know this person their ins and outs so it's easier to smell their bullshit and to see these things whereas you meet this complete stranger that has a cute smile big butt you know <laughs> seems to be real cool and you don't really know how to navigate the the facades because mm-hmm. it's 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 new terrain to you, especially if you've come out of a relationship and we're we're working on yourself. So I think I think um, I think that that's something that takes a lot of uh, skill. And I know you've been dating for a while. Like I'm sure you can smell bullshit a mile away. Um, yeah, for sure. Whereas, also, like, oh. go ahead. 
I was going to say, I also feel like I'm like a little like, I don't feel like I'm truly necessarily healed. Because I feel like there's just an element. I mean, I was literally just telling my boys this because um, my one boy, he's like, you know, he's he's found like, you know, like love in, in essence. Um, and for me, I was just saying like, I'm just not in a relationship or not in a space where like, I want to be in a relationship. And it's mm-hmm. been like this for like four years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, it's just like my ability and want. It's like I, I can commit, but to want to, right? Because like, I don't want to just commit for the sake of committing. Like, I want to want to be in a relationship. And like that one, two is just not there for me. Um, and I don't know if it's because I'm still in that mindset of the gym where it's like, I'm trying to reach a level in my personal life before I settle down. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, even if I meet someone good, I'm like, all right, but there's still another level. So I'm, 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 I'm not allowing myself to, you know, settle down a person or is it a thing of where it's just like, you're truly not healed from your past. So you're not. Like there's there's a part of you that shut off, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I'm still kind of navigating through because like I just I don't I don't I don't have the want to to be in a relationship, and it's not even because like it's like I'm gonna go cheat on her or do whatever. It's just like I just don't want to have to deal with nobody else's shit, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that's I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Like I think that's that's real. And I you asked a good question. Like is it remnants of a broken heart still, or is it literally like I'm just cool on a relationship right now? And I think that's something that's like case by case, you know, like there's definitely some people who develop trust issues and, you know, like definitely hold on to the resentment that they developed after a relationship that can mm-hmm. be a block where it's like, oh, all men ain't shit and I'm not going to trust no hole in my heart. You know, like <laughs> people mm-hmm. go to all kinds of extremes. But um, like, I think it really just it really just takes that level of honesty with yourself to say, like, look this is really just me focusing on me or this is something else. No, for sure. For sure. And with those new standards, right? So mm-hmm. like, you know, you have these new, these lessons on these new standards. So say you do meet, meet someone and there may be a subtle red flag, right? So would you, so at the sight of a red flag, so now that you can see the red flag and recognize the red flag, mm-hmm. do you, do you auto, automatically run into the opposite direction? Or do you think you can learn to like, like someone with a red flag, can you, I guess, like navigate that flag? Or do you think that's like testy water? You know, like if you got cheated on and there's like a, a, a tendency, you notice people and cheat. If you see that red flag, it, now that you're aware of it, do you think you can maneuver it? Or do you think you're aware of it? So run, you know? Um, I think that it is 100% case by case like you have to have a set of boundaries that Mm -hmm. say okay I won't put up with this I won't put up with this I will bend a little on this um so you kind of have to sit with yourself and come up with that I would say before dealing with anyone so that when you meet someone you already have in your mind I'm not going through this Mm -hmm. versus like you see this cute person and y'all have a connection it's like oh maybe um and then you end up in a situation that should have been like deaded from jump yeah. um, so if there's a red flag like say if the phone thing right you know like the saying like if a phone's face up they're like in the clear if the phone's yeah. face down they hide and shit yeah. so like if you've been cheated on and you found out because you went through somebody's phone and the phone is face down and it makes you uncomfortable right that could be mm-hmm. a conversation like hey you know just being transparent here you know like i just came out of this situation and it makes me uncomfortable. Um, I want to be able to trust you. And this is triggering this, right? Mm. And 
although it's your shit and yes, you have to work through it because it's your trigger and it's not the world's responsibility to fix you. Mm -hmm. um, if that person really does fuck with you and they aren't cheating, they'll have no problem flipping their phone right back up. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. And I'm going to get to that. I just have like my own little thought behind it. Um, I'm the type of person, like if I see a red flag and I'm, you know, completely aware of it and I just want to play with it a little bit, I'm like, but I, I still want to date her. Yeah. I won't tell her my hesitancy because I don't want to, because I feel like women are slick, right? Like y'all are very intelligent, very sneaky. So I feel like sometimes if you give someone like the, the, the heads up that you're aware of what they're doing. Mm. then they'll, they'll get they'll tighten up their game right so i'm like okay i, I peep you being a little sloppy here but i ain't gonna even say nothing i want to mm. see you know what you continue to do so i can really you know kind of see now i'm playing detective i'm like all right, all right i see this little slide shit let me let me just tone it back and see if this continues to play out or if it's just happened to be a a, a mishap you know um mm -hmm. but to get back <laughs> that reminds me of that meme uh that's just like sometimes you see flags and you'd be like shit this might be six flags yeah <laughs> real shit real shit like look, I'm, I'm gonna see where this goes i'm gonna see I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get on this ride and see like i'm right you know, I'm, I'm being very you know be very aware of like you know where we're going but you know i'm, I'm gonna hop on this ride um mm -hmm. so let's talk this so and i feel like this happens a lot when people date on both sides right where people get into a relationship with someone and then they're consistently dealing with the baggage, the trauma, the insecurities that the last partner left on them. And now you have to deal with that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I guess you know, let's talk about it from both sides. How do you, so for the person that did get dogged out and now they have this great person, but they're bringing that, that dog baggage to the great person. How do you get that person to tone it down? Right. So it's like, all right, you know, the person cheated on you and her phone was, you know, face down and that was a red flag to you. But like, when is it, when is it healthy to have that conversation? And when is it healthy to be like, all right, Brittany, you tripping right now? You know? Mm. I think, mm, like I said, I think it's case by case because some people mm -hmm. are very intolerant, right? Yeah. So somebody starts complaining about shit off rip and you're just like, nah, I'm cool. Like, I don't that's, even want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there with you. Like, no, it's a first date, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Whereas some people are like more receptive of just like, okay, if I'm really interested in you, you know, I wouldn't want you to do some shit that I don't like because you're unaware. And I wouldn't want to do some shit that you don't like because you're unaware. You know, mm -hmm. like you don't want to ruin something off of nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. And the only way that you can know that is with a conversation. However, some people is like not even that deep to have a conversation. It's like, I just thought you were cute. I'm just trying to hit, you know, I don't really care to figure yeah. out how <laughs> to navigate your shit, you know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> no, it's like, and I guess, I guess some, and some people are very intentional with their dating. I talked about this with, on another podcast. Um, and I was saying, like, when people are very intentional with their dating, like, so if I'm coming into it casual, right, and she's coming into it, coming into it very intentional, mm -hmm. the type of conversation she might want to have might turn me off. Because I'm like, oh, you're going too deep, like, mm -hmm. for what I want out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, and for me, so I would tell, like, the person that has, like, that baggage and they're, you know, met this person and they're they're starting to you know, have these, these insecurities pop up, I would mm -hmm. say you really just kind of talk to yourself and say, you know, if I can't give this person a fair chance to do right or wrong by me, 
I just got to exit this relationship. Cause like on one hand, yes, you do want to be transparent, but like, I feel like too transparent too early comes off as like clingy mm. and like, I don't want to say crazy, but just like too clingy. Mm-hmm. But also I feel like if you don't say anything and then you're like tripping, now you're crazy, you know? So I just feel like you just, you have to, you have to be able to turn it off in yourself. And if if you're not at that point, maybe you should, I don't want to say you shouldn't be dating, but like you should be very cognizant of how you date, um, you know? Um, and, I, and I was talking about it from the person that you meet a girl mm-hmm. and say she got dogged and obviously that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you navigate it, right? Are you an intolerant person or are you going to work through it with a person? Um, I'm definitely the person that will try to work through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that just might be from like my coaching or I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'm willing to like listen and hear the person out. And I think kind of like what you're saying, like there is a level of, all right, you're doing a lot or like you have a lot of shit that you need to work through, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that you have to develop to be able to kind of exit out, you know, like sometimes there are people who are not ready to be dating and they don't know that, or they're not willing to admit it to themselves. So you as the person that they're dating kind of has to step in and be like, yeah, you're not ready. I won't tell you that, but I'm just not going to deal with you. You know, Mm -hmm. what about you? I'm I'm very intolerant. I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, work through that. (laughs) um so for me right and i I said this earlier on the pod like i'm very i'm i'm at this place in my life where i'm very at peace with like who i am my routine my thoughts my feelings um and when i date someone i want her to be i want her to be like a supplement but a good supplement right um so if i'm bringing you into my space i'm bringing you into my vibe i want you to either keep it the same more enhanced the vibe um so when someone comes in they're either like negative or they complain a lot or mm-hmm. they're you know trying to put these insecurities on me it just turns me off like off the rip like i don't know if that's because like i'm still you know hurt from like the past or like I, you know i'm not fully healed but like any sign of negativity or anything that just internally makes me feel uneasy i'm running the other way you know or i'm like slowly easing myself out of the relationship um and i feel like that's going to be an issue for me finding like a true relationship with longevity um because like you mentioned before even if you meet your soulmate they're going to challenge you they're going to do things that maybe leave you uneasy at moments mm-hmm. um but i'm aware i'm aware that i'm not there so i don't try to like fake it mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm very intolerant at this point and i'm trying to like you know build up my build up my tolerance level for like just life shit like you know bs and insecurities and stuff and but i'm just not there yet um, you know i to challenge your thought or mm-hmm. your perspective on that i actually don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing because mm-hmm. just me knowing you and like the conversations that we had i, I don't feel like it's bad to offer it be like do you bring positivity into my life like we talked mm-hmm. about standards a couple minutes ago, and that might be one of your standards, you know? Yeah. Off rip, like, are you someone who brings positivity and enhances my life? You know, whereas some people is like, do you have straight teeth? You know, like, that's mm-hmm. their go-to. Your go-to might be, are you someone that makes me better? And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you are are, are 
first starting to date them and they are bringing you down and like you have hella restrictions don't go out don't do this don't come like you might that might not be it and that's yeah. okay you know 100 <laughs> percent. like that is like that's just one of my things mm-hmm. um so let's get to the, the last thing here you know and we'll let you go um so i appreciate you and this has been like so far it's been like an amazing conversation um but let's talk is it me or is it them mm. Oof. <laughs> you know uh tough like a lot of times you know we're in these relationships and we can either you know place too much blame on ourselves um and take too much credit for you know the the demise of something mm. or we don't take any blame for anything and we think it's all them um so let's kind of talk that in like codependency. Oh, so again, referencing therapy, because I think that mm-hmm. like that's been a, a major thing for me uh, with breakups is, you know, your therapist, my therapist has brought to me, OK, we've talked about her and what she mm-hmm. did. What did you do? And that's always the the conversation that kind of gets you pissed at your therapist. Like, what the fuck <laughs> me? What did I do? I didn't do nothing. She yeah. did, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's like when you really get real, um, mm-hmm. because we have, we all have our issues, right? We all have our issues. You know, the the way that we talk sometimes, or our attitude, or you know, just whatever it is. Um, but we're not as willing to look at it and be like, well, that's no reason to have left me because, but to somebody else, it could be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that should be visited when you are in that healing process and looking in your, in the mirror and saying like, you know, all right, was I a good girlfriend? Was I a good guy? You know, like, mm-hmm. and really being introspective because sometimes it is you, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it is, it really is me, you know, and we're less inclined to say that out loud but I think we have to come to a point where we're able to say it to ourselves because if we don't I think then that's when the risk the uh, cycle repeats itself right because you're not growing you're not working on your shit or the part of you that contributed to whatever ended your relationship you know you're just going into it like that person was messed up I'm great so then you go into this next relationship or interacting with someone with your same fucked up ways you know yeah it's like you 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 might have you might have come to grips and understanding the the the, the toxic traits that you don't want to enter into but you haven't mm-hmm. fixed the toxic traits that you're bringing mm-hmm. um and that that's that is that is so real it's like it's like someone talking about i want it, it's it's like some people that like want to control everything and they're like they're always like trying to tell people what the fuck they should be doing but then you look at their life and their shit's fucked up. You're like, how the mm. fuck are you going? How are you going to be telling me what to do? And your shit all fucked. <laughs> I hate people like that. Yeah, yeah. They're so critical about everybody else's life when they look into their shit. They're all fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's real. That is that is so real. Um, you know, just like you know, reassessing, like you said, doing a total inventory of your life, not just the good things, but like not not just trying to build yourself up, but like even like you have to break yourself down sometimes, you know, you may have to hurt, you might have to hurt your own feelings at some points um, and and keep it three real with yourself. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a really dig into this insecurity or dig into this, you know, whatever it is that I'm bringing out this toxic. Um, And I feel like a lot of times we don't see it. And I think maybe that's where like good friends come in um, because they, they see you in like your most raw state. So a lot of times like our friends, 
can recognize those toxic traits that maybe we don't even see. Um, and there's even times where like, and I'm sure you've had a situation where like your friends will be in a relationship and like their partner will be like bickering with them about something and they'll, they'll come to you with the issue. Like they keep saying this, this and that. And then you're like, yeah, bro. Like you really be on some nut shit, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so I, I, I feel like it's important to maybe you know, like ask your friends, like, okay, so like, what is it? What did you see in my relationship? Or what is it about me that you think I could do some tightening up on? Um, mm. So yeah, that's a great thought. And I like I'm big on like homework and like leaving people with something to try. Mm -hmm. Everybody that's listening, that's gotten this far. Thank you for listening. And that's your homework. Ask your girls, ask your dudes, your friends. What what am I doing wrong? You know, tell me, mm -hmm. be honest with me, be gentle, but be honest with me and tell me, you know, what you've noticed about me that you think that I can work on for you know, just personal growth or my next relationship and don't get mad at them, you know, that you asked, but I, I think that that's, that's something that everyone can benefit um, from. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, on that note, you know, I appreciate you for coming on. This has been a super fruitful conversation. Um, shit, we thought it was going to be a half hour ended up being like an hour <laughs> and something, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let them know, you know, what you got going on, you know, your socials and everything so they can, you know, follow you and tap in. Yeah, sure. So follow me on Instagram, uh, DBA underscore Brittany, Brittany spelled B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I. -I. Um, that's all I'm gonna say for now, but okay. yo, you gotta get me back on an episode where you talk about gay people. We gotta, we okay. gotta get that LGBTQ yeah, in yeah, here, for you sure. know? For sure. I will definitely, you know, we're gonna tap in for that conversation um you know i'll let you know when that when that when that date is um but yeah so anything else any last thoughts or i guess you left them with the last thought um <laughs> i guess i added that sentiment yeah no just a, a a thank you to you a shout out to mm -hmm. you um appreciate it. i i really want to congratulate you on this podcast you know you've been doing your thing like dermonte said we've been friends for a long time and you know this has been in the making so it's it's really wonderful to just see that he's he's doing it you know and for sure it's it's a beautiful thing i appreciate you i appreciate you on that note you know thanks y'all for tuning in uh you know make sure y'all like share subscribe you know get a notepad out you know write down some of these gems um you know we'll, we'll see y'all next time